Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? It is Monday, March 25th, 2013. This is episode number 97 of Timberwolves Explosion, which is available on the sportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. Uh, also, Double Twist is, well, what Android users use for iTunes files, like podcasts and stuff. So, Double Twist, if you have an Android device, not an Apple device, there you go. Simply look for that in the Google Play Store. Windows phone, simply search in the store. There you go. <laughs> Bouncing around too much right out of the gate. I'm your host, Joey Awajan, or Paladino Joey, and with me is, per usual, well, no, actually, he's not here. Unfortunately, the forecaster uh, has left the building, not permanently, but he's not available. And it's about time I recorded. It's a time I stopped waiting and got this episode out, episode number 97. I really do apologize for all of the delays, there were computer repairs, and then Forecaster couldn't make it last week, and then he apparently couldn't make it the, this last Sunday, so it's just like, enough's enough, it's time to record. Enough, it's been a month, we gotta get on to the show. And ladies and gentlemen, this will be the debut of the Timberwolves Explosion version of the Minisode! Yeah, this is gonna be, I guess, a Minisode for Timberwolves Explosion. Yeah, just to get a show out and... To, Get you updated with the Timberwolves, get caught up a bit. And then in preparation to have Vince Germano, who is a part of the show that invented the word Minnesota, well, maybe, the Courtside Podcast with Hank McCoy, Vince Germano, and Brad Grams, BG. Great show, of course. A show that I subscribe to and have not missed a single episode of it since August. So yes, they invented the word Minnesota, <laughs> where it's like a small episode, you know, to get caught up to kind of keep things going, keep the show getting released and all that good stuff. In a lot of ways, just to record a show and talk basketball. That's what Timberwolves Explosion is all about. And I'm right here right now, Paladino Joey, ready to talk about Timberwolves Explosion. Going to bounce around a bit on the Facebook page a little, but mostly talk Wolves because that's what we're here to do. Talk league as well, obviously. Lots of stuff going on. So hopefully I can keep this fairly <laughs> fairly in the Minnesota range and not in a Megasode range. Like, say, like State of the Timberwolves, like every June, that's a Megasode. Uh, season preview is the biggest, even bigger Megasode. So yeah, not going to be not gonna be too much of Twitter, but I will mention there is the Twitter account, at Wolves Explosion, at Wolves Explosion. And of course there is the Facebook page. Simply go there. Search for, uh, well, when you're on Facebook, go into the search bar, type in Timberwolves Explosion, Minnesota Timberwolves Show. Click on, <laughs> simply click like on the one that says company, not group, company, not group. We do have a face, well, excuse me, a call-in line, which is 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. You ought to like that. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention which show you're calling into, which is... Yep, Timberwolves Explosion. <laughs> so yeah, let's get on with the format of the show here. I'm going to start with some league talk. You know, that took place over the past month or so since episode number 96. Yeah, we were returning back to league news first, which seems to be a better format. It seemed like the numbers were better then, though at the same time you could argue the numbers are better because the team was playing better. But I do think it's a nice way to bring in <coughs> excuse me, more listeners outside of the Timberwolves fan base into the show, because I'd like to have as many listeners as possible. Um, obviously, Timberwolves fans is the target audience, but you know what? Really, in 
in the grand scheme of things, basketball fans are the target audience. People that like to listen to basketball and be entertained. That's what the whole idea is. So, the Miami Heat are now ruling <laughs> are ruling the league with now a 27-game win streak. Do they repeat as champions? I say absolutely. Marcus? Uh, no. Uh, no. I think the Thunder are going to beat the Heat. Or somebody like that. Uh, no. The Heat aren't going to repeat, Joey. There, okay, Marcus was there for a second. <laughs> That's about it, though, right? No, he hates the Heat. Uh, it's like, I like them, and it's not really bandwagon. I just enjoy I enjoy the team. They're fun to watch, and I like LeBron James as a player. Maybe not maybe not as much as a person, as a player. Yeah, he is a great player. He's playing better than anybody right now. He's going to win the MVP running away. The LA Lakers finally reached and passed the 500 mark in March. Playoffs, yes, I say yes. Marcus also said no on the previous episode. So, yeah, there's Marcus's uh, little Minnesota opinion. is just a uh, no. Kobe Bryant also was hurt by Dante Jones uh, <laughs> during one of his jump shots against the Atlanta Hawks. Dante Jones pretty much put his ankles right underneath the guy. That was great. Kobe Bryant went out of his way to say, I can't believe I got to wait a year to get revenge. I, I don't blame you for being just a little bit frustrated. <laughs> Kobe, yeah, that was some bull crap that Dante Jones pulled. He's like, oh, it's just a, just a defensive play. You know, it wasn't intended to be dirty or anything. Yeah, well, uh, Kobe and Dante have gone. Uh, they have history for many years. Dante Jones was on the Denver Nuggets, Dallas Mavericks, all that. They've, they've always had something going on. Dante Jones is tripping. Kobe Bryant a couple of years ago in those Western Conference Finals back when the Nuggets fans who are a bunch of jerks, you know, I've noticed that over the years. They've been chatting. <laughs> okay, no offense, Nuggets fans listening, but a lot of the fans in that building have been kind of jerks. We're going to talk about them next, by the way. Not Nuggets fans, but the Nuggets, the other winning streak. Uh, but no, Dante Jones tripped Kobe Bryant. I remember the fans were chanting, Kobe sucks, Kobe sucks, and then he simply replied with, all right, you mother... Yeah. <laughs> that was good stuff. Kobe Bryant, though, man. Yeah, he's... He played for about a quarter, or not even, in the game after that, and then he had zero points, and he's been out ever since. But then, uh, I believe, he's on his way to returning now, once and for all, finally. The Lakers, finally, <laughs> I do believe, will be in the playoffs, believe it or not. Where they'll go from there... Who knows, they're going to be the classic, like, dangerous team going into the postseason that you don't want to run into if, say, you're San Antonio or the Thunder, which I think the Thunder would win the series. Um, but teams like the Clippers and stuff, I think the Lakers could beat them, I, I hope. I prefer that over the uh, Clippers. I'm not a big Lob City fan, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really not. And as note, as I mentioned earlier, Vince Germano hopefully will be available on the show. We are recording... This weekend, episode number 98, which will be more of a regular episode, not a mini-sode. <laughs> yep, Vince Germano, the people's champ, will likely be on this uh, this show coming up this weekend. That will be awesome. But also, as mentioned, he is a Laker fan, so that we will be talking some L.A. Lakers on that episode. I mean, we, we have to, right? I mean, you can't bring on a Lakers guest and not talk about the Lakers a little bit, regardless if you like them or not. They're still a huge, they're always a huge story across the league. And, um, yeah, it's going to be fun to talk with him about that. 
But first, one of LA's great rivals, the Denver Nuggets, team that's been a Wolves rival kind of forever as well. Denver Nuggets are on a 15-game win streak. They continue to play great. <laughs> yes, they do. And Ty Lawson has been playing out of his mind as well. That team, Corey Brewer, they, they he's been playing fantastic. Helped beat the he helped beat the Wolves, his former club, of course, about a week ago there. Oh, that is a team that is playing excellent basketball. Denver Nuggets, 15-game win streak in most years. I got to tell you, it would be, you know, one of the longer streaks for the whole season. It it really would be, but or it would be maybe the longest streak of the whole season. Actually, I mean, 15-game win streak is huge, but it's getting dwarfed by Miami. <laughs> I mean, Miami's won 27 games in a row, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my God! That's one of those numbers you just you never hear. You don't hear about 27 game win streaks. You just don't hear about that stuff. And uh, the the uh, Miami Heat are doing that right now. There's, it's just amazing what they're doing. Regardless if you like the Miami Heat or not, what they're doing deserves a heck of a lot of uh, respect. It's it's flat amazing. So, with that, outside of, well, Tubby Smith being fired, which is not an NBA-related, but I'll just mention that, I guess. Tubby Smith, head coach of the Golden Gophers, is now the former head coach of the Golden Gophers, much to a lot of people's delight. Overpaid, underachieved coach for the Minnesota Golfers for six seasons. Uh, definitely below 500 record in the Big Ten Conference. His overall record was above 500. But, yeah, I mean, six seasons for a guy that is supposed to be a big-time coach can't even be over 500 in, in his own conference. No, obviously not deserving of the job. <laughs> I hope you guys don't mind this new this format for the... Well, not the format, but, uh, well, the way this show is. Just me by myself. I'm a bit more... Yeah, I talk differently a little bit without having my co-host here, and I, I miss him right now, no doubt about it. But I've done solo for many years on Purple Mafia. 137 episodes in were that one. Brave the Wild, about... Well, there's 59 episodes now. That was just recorded, and maybe about 50 of those. About 50 of those have been solo. So, and of gosh, about ah, uh, what are we at? In episode 97 here. So probably about uh, 70 of them have been solo for this show. 70, 75. So, yeah, I mean, there were a lot of solo shows on here in the past. Uh, Lucas Quayle endorsing. He's obviously been a long-time listener to the show. Very loyal. Really appreciate you, Lucas. Mentioning on the Facebook thread on there, talking about how, shoot, that uh, show was more, basically is more crisp, more on target, more focused. So I, I appreciate that. I do. I just hope I don't tend to ramble, because that's the one thing that does happen sometimes when you're by yourself, because there's nobody to kind of interrupt you and change the conversation or bring the converse, bring the conversation, keep it on topic, but kind of bring it in a slightly different direction, which I missed right now, but that's just how it goes. <laughs> all right, enough of that. We are going to head to break, and after that we're going to get into all the Wolves talk there is right after this.
And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, episode number 97, which is a reminder for all of you MP3 players out there, MP3 player listeners out there, (laughs) iPods, Android devices, Double Twist, iTunes, you get it, you know, that's the whole idea. Thanks again for listening. Also, a a place that is kind enough to put a link on their website is Howlin' T-Wolf. They write a lot of nice articles, a lot of nice uh, blogs. They keep up to date with the Minnesota Timberwolves, positive and negative. A lot of positivity, but also they mention things that you need to be mentioned sometimes. Sometimes there's some negative things that you got to talk about. And I'm one of those guys that's, uh, <laughs> I focus on both, you know, obviously in Timberwolves Explosion. When things are going well, I'm happy. I want this team to win. I'm not on here just to drink blue Kool-Aid at all. And you guys have noticed that over many, many years of Timberwolves Explosion. And now many years, four and a half years of this show. Hard to believe. Also, I'll give a brief shout-out to Mark Remy, TimberWolves.com. Just saying hello. Hope you're listening. I mean, yeah, I mean, if he happens to be listening anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. We'll be in contact. Hopefully to, hopefully, we'll have him on this show in the not-too-distant future as well. That would be nice. Nice addition to the show. Absolutely. It would be a very cool guest to have a Timberwolves insider and, of course, a writer on TimberWolves.com. Yes, sir. Wrote a nice article about international fans included Brad Grams on there, of course, of the Courtside Podcast, international fan base for the Minnesota Timberwolves and of the NBA. Very cool to to hear that, yeah, to see Brad Grams on there. Very cool indeed. Buckets Magazine editor. So, gotta like that. So now, here we go. We get into the nitty-gritty. We'll probably get into some of this stuff with Vince Germano later, obviously, but I'm getting this out now. I mean, because it could be, well, because it's like a good week away from now. That me and Vince Germano will be talking about this stuff. Me and Vince. Maybe Marcus will be with us. Maybe not. I'm just going to, yeah, I'm going to, it's not concrete. I'm a straight shooter, guys. You know, as you probably noticed as well on this show over the years. I'm a straight shooter. (laughs) And uh, I'm not fully confident Marcus will be on episode 98. But if, if he is, great. We'll have our own courtside podcast with myself. Marcus and Vince. That would be very, very cool to have a trio, because generally they have a trio. BG has not been on lately, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I always mentioned, yeah, some of this may be brought up again later. Uh, David Kahn, a few weeks ago, rumored to be fired and replaced by Flip Saunders. Replaced by Flip Saunders. Wouldn't that be amazing to be like the new GM slash basketball boss and that's if Flip Saunders isn't the new Gophers coach. But, uh, yeah, because those were the two possibilities. We figured Tubby Smith and David Kahn could be gone at some point in the not-too-distant future. Well, one is gone for sure, and Flip could end up replacing one of the two. He may have a choice. You never know. <laughs> well, Tubby Smith is gone with the Minnesota Gophers, so that may be an option for Flip Saunders. Maybe. Maybe a possible destination to be the college coach for the Minnesota Gophers, his alumni. I think that's not going to be the case. But will Flip Saunders be the next general manager of the Minnesota Timberwolves? Will he? Is David Kahn truly on the verge of getting fired? I wouldn't be surprised. No. I wouldn't be surprised. And of course, no, the bad record this year is not all David Kahn's fault. He has made some poor draft choices. I mean, Johnny Flynn and Wesley Johnson, two Syracuse guys. I remember both of me and my me and me and Marcus begging, begging. Please don't take another Syracuse player. Hopefully it's DeMarcus Cousins, though. Then again, look at him. Eh, but he is a better player than Wesley Johnson. I mean, you know, just because a guy can smile doesn't mean he can play. 
Wesley Johnson and Johnny Flynn both could smile. Neither one could play. Couldn't play a lick. Basically. Okay, down in the, uh, <laughs> what is it, the, the NBL down in Australia, I guess Johnny Flynn's playing well. But it's not quite the NBA. You know, no offense, obviously, not quite the NBA. Just like Marbury got his Chinese championship. Woohoo. <laughs> so yeah, back to David Kahn. Now that I'm bouncing around a bit much already. Yeah, he's, uh, He's definitely on the hot seat. I think a lot of people out there would agree with the removal of David Kahn. <laughs> no, if, I mean, I'm sorry, but, um, you know, being a straight shooter, <laughs> I mean, if, I, if, if I'm if i affiliated with Timberwolves.com or not, which I'm not right now, maybe someday, maybe, hint, hint, you know, no, not not, not a hint, hint, no, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> apply, implying anything there, obviously, at all, but, um, yeah, I think David Kahn uh, is, you know, I think his dismissal would be warranted. Yes, I, <laughs> basically, Marcus is basically, he was shut up and said, Kahn should be fired. Yeah, yeah, I kind of think he should too. There we go, now I'm being a bit more myself there. <laughs> I think David Kahn should be let go, yes. I don't think he is a quality president of basketball operations, general manager is just kind of the general term people use for basketball or football or whatever boss versus like vice president of operations. But, um, no, I don't think David Kahn has done a good job. Uh, then again, there are moves he's done that are good. Uh, Alexei Shved was a nice move, but at the same time, not great. Really not great at all, to be honest. <laughs> he's got a lot of work, Alexei Shved. He's, he's, he's up and down, not quite the, uh, uh, Manu Ginobili level of play that a lot of people thought he was going to be. I don't think he's really developing into a Manu Ginobili type player. I I really don't. Um, he's got he's got talent, he's got swagger and all that good stuff. But I have no idea where things go with that. I mean, he's got to he's just got to get better. Hope he'll have a nice off season this year. Hopefully, he can get stronger, develop his game a bit, and come back. And who knows? Maybe he's that shooting guard that the Timberwolves so desperately need that they so absolutely have not had in David Kahn's entire, entire tenure as Minnesota Timberwolves president of basketball operations since 2008. 2009, pardon me. 2009. Yes. (laughs) J.J. Bray and Ray Allen really got into it. Now I can finally talk about this. Yes. And I'm going to try to have the face of crazy in the background as well here because it's just only right. Man, man, man. <laughs> uh, Ray Allen and J.J. Barea definitely got into it, didn't they? And we can finally talk about this. Maya, the Miami Heat game, that game was not anything to brag about in any form of, yeah. Timberwolves did not play particularly well in that game. Well, they were playing okay, actually, at the point until the incident, the the pussy incident, we'll call it. <laughs> yeah, J.J. Barea, Ray Allen, yeah. Ray Allen the pussy, yes. Like, as J.J. Barea repeatedly called him on his way to the locker room after being ejected, Ray Allen clearly just kind of shoved Barea in the face because Barea was playing kind of a press defense on him. He was really playing physical defense, which is kind of interesting. He was kind of bumping Ray a little bit. And then Ray responds back with a hard bump, sending Ray Allen to the floor, tumbling to the floor like he'd just been hit by, uh, you know, Adrian Peterson or something. 
or Jared Allen of the Vikings, you know, guys like that. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> just rolling on the floor like he'd just been bulldozed. And then he gets up like as if J.J. Barea tried to cut his head off. It's like, dude, come on. Get out of here, man. And J.J. Barea just stood there like, I'm not scared of you. <laughs> What's your problem? And that's basically what he was saying in the locker room afterwards. Like, dude, come on. I, I, I mean, people get hit harder like this every than, than that every day. I'm, they don't get up crying and trying to fight, fight people. Grow up a little bit. And then Ray Allen, uh, after the game's comments were, <laughs> that, oh, J.J. Barea is Bush League. Oh, that was a Bush League play, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you can't play like that. You know, it's like, no, I agree with J.J. Barea. He literally looked at Ray Allen and kept saying, hey, you're a pussy. You're a pussy. <laughs> he just kept telling that to him. Kept going on and on. And it's like, yeah, at least for one night, for one brief night, I was the biggest J.J. Barea fan in the world. And, you know, I really liked Ray Allen, but he kind of lost me that night for good. You know, and that that night, just Miami was getting every little tic-tac call possible, and they were bullying the Timberwolves and getting away with it, and it was just whatever. Like I said before, I kind of like the Miami Heat. <laughs> yeah, I kind of do, if you hadn't noticed over the years, the past few years, but not that night. Um, that night, the Miami Heat were showing a lot of people why they're <laughs> so hated. You know, that night, they were hated. Absolutely. And uh, Ray Allen, just, just what, whatever. He was acting like Derek Fisher there. Entitled, spoiled, and a jackass. I hate Derek Fisher. <laughs> I'm not, I have not shied away from mentioning that on Twitter. I have not shied away from mentioning that on the Facebook. And I have definitely not shied away from saying that on the microphone here on Tim Rule's Explosion. I can't stand the guy. Can't stand him. Never in my life have I seen a more entitled crybaby in the league. Every single time he doesn't get a call, he freaks out, you know, and then every time, and yet, basically every couple times, every time anything happens, he does get the call, and he acts like, yeah, definitely, you know, any time, every little BS tic-tac thing, he'll, he'll, the call will go his way, basically, most of the time, but when he doesn't get the call, he acts like he's been absolutely screwed. It's like, get out of here, man. <laughs> it's, it's irritating. Irritating to watch, like the Greg Steamsman incident earlier in the year, when he basically rammed into Greg Steamsman. They called the foul on Steamy Steamer, Steamboat, <laughs> and then that was the the birth of seeing the, the feisty side of Greg Steamsman was that night, all the way on the rest of the year. <laughs> kind of entertaining stuff, actually, to be honest. Kind of entertaining, might. Uh, Vince Germano mentioning Flip Saunders possibly being the new GM, replacing David Kahn on the Facebook page. We'll get to that right now. And I'm like, where do, you hear, where do you hear that, brother? And he said, real GM, might. And I went there and, oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it was right there at the top. He says he couldn't do any worse than Kahn, could he? Dan Joe May saying, flip! <laughs> yep, like, let's bring in flip. <laughs> no, uh, yep, Dan is also from Australia. Out over there, yep, the Australian Mafia. Yep, yep, I love you guys. Absolutely love it, each and every one of you guys, just so you know. Um, for me, it's more of, <laughs> uh, well, Flip Saunders is the GM, great. If he's the coach, you know what, we've been there and done that. He was the coach for 10 years. And like uh, Keelan King says on, on uh, Rip City Bad Boys, he's the Detroit guy, of course, Detroit Pistons fan for, for many years, back dating back into the 80s in, in his case. 
Well, Flip Saunders coached the Detroit Pistons recently. And it's like, all they do is shoot jump shots, and that's it. You know, I mean, you got to be, you know, and that's why the Wolves never had success in the postseason. And Detroit could not beat Cleveland. I remember that. It was just like, man, Flip is going to get fired. He could not beat Cleveland in 2007. Couldn't beat Miami, blah, blah, blah. Couldn't beat the Boston Celtics. It's just, ah, they're not going to do it. They're never going to win. <laughs> they're never going to win that Eastern Conference with Flip as the head coach. And, and they didn't. It's just one of those that's how it goes type of things. And uh, a lot of you listening probably like Flip Saunders. And I don't blame you. Uh, but I thought he had some very, very good points. So shout out to Keelan King and Christian Mayer over there who have been who've been kind enough to shout out to this to us, to shout out to Timberwolves Explosion repeatedly on this show of late. So in case you guys are listening, yeah, definitely. You know, there's, the, there's a shout out to you and a well-deserved one. Hank McCoy putting up a cool little art. I mean, the guy is an engineer with his creativity and art. You know, his, uh, you know, his just ability to put things together. Hank McCoy, man, of course, the main the main man for the Courtside Podcast, putting something, he whipped it up on his phone. Timberwolves Explosion, don't be the odd sheep out. Available now on iTunes. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Yep, I have that saved. i got to use that for something at some point. Uh, Vince Germano earlier, way back at the end of February, saying, I think you guys are in trouble. Kobe's got that look. You know the look. Uh, you want his teeth stick out of... When he does the lower jaw thing. Oh, Hank McCoy got like I mean, He says, I think they were in trouble in the first quarter when D. Williams didn't get some calls and no looks disinterested. I mean, and disinterested. Yeah, oh, man. That was during the Laker game. You guys can check that out if you want. Got to kind of keep things going here. Very cool. They'll love when these guys post. Never stop posting Vince and Hank and, and Dan and others. We got a new guy on here as well from New Zealand. We'll talk to him in a minute here. Gonna still look around. We got the Kobe Bryant uh, video on there as well on the Facebook page. You guys gotta check that out. Indeed, would appreciate it. So let's talk to the new guy here. Oh, I hope I could say his name correctly though. He introduced himself when I talked about the format change for the new show. He is Tane Wilson Brown. I hope I'm saying your name right. From New Zealand. Yes, he says I'm a new listener. What days do you do the show? Sorry. And I said, basically, usually on the weekend, Saturday or Sunday, USA Central Time. And I asked him if he liked the show so far. He comments with, I'm loving it. I always have it in the background when I'm studying. We're midway through the semester here in New Zealand. I've been a Wolves fan for a long time, so I'm looking forward to listening to the upcoming shows. Thank you so much. And I said, I mentioned we're finally going to mention, we're finally going to record a show this weekend. Finally, you know. Yeah, well, I'm recording it now. I'm recording it, unfortunately. But, hey, I hope you like it today. You know, this is the first time you're probably hearing me solo because I'm, yeah, well, unless you were listening to, like two, 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 three years ago. Cause I remember Marcus at the time was more of an off-and-on guy, not a full, full-blown full co-host. He was an off-and-on guest co-host. Um, and due to sometimes scheduling, due to sometimes things get in the way with Marcus, apparently, Sometimes they might have to release solo shows to get these to get these out. Some 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 mini sods. That's pretty much what I'm going to call them. That's basically what it's going to be, mini sods. Or we'll have Vince Germano on here, or maybe maybe someday Hank McCoy, something like that. You know, kind of get some guest co-hosts on here to help fill in for Marcus at times as well. But uh, otherwise, yeah, I'll, you'll have me mini mini sod solos. So sorry for copying you guys in that. I just <laughs> I just thought that might be a way to get me in a good mood and get this show. Get this show, you know, <laughs> out and kicking butt. 
as it should be. Uh, Vince Germano, final comment on the Facebook page. He says, I know I've been harsh on Derek Williams a far a bit, but I'll, sh- but I'll shut up if he keeps playing like this. Balling! And yes, that's a topic we're going to get to right now. Uh, Derek Williams. Derek Williams is developing into a very good player. Now, Derek Williams and Ricky Rubio are the two draft picks, to me, that are legit NBA players in the David Kahn regime. Outside of that, uh, no. <laughs> uh, obviously, Kevin Love and Nikola Pekovic were away for Kevin McHale to literally go out with a bang. Big time. You draft the new Timberwolves franchise player in Kevin Love, and you draft a starting center in the second round, the first pick in the second round. And then uh, David Kahn and Ricky Rubio basically fall into his lap, and Derek Williams fall into his lap because we got the second pick because we were so horrible, so there's Derek Williams. Is Derek Williams playing like the second overall pick? Not necessarily, but boy, the past, I mean, really the past couple months here, he's been showing signs of developing into a legit starting power forward in this league. And last night I thought he was fantastic. He made a nice move under the basket, cut under that thing, and just <laughs> he swung that ball around. Uh, well, I won't say Dr. J style, Dr. But uh, I forget what to call it. Oh, well. <laughs> windmill. Okay, excuse me. I'm like losing my mind here. He did kind of a windmill type of move. Started on one side, went under the basket, did the windmill type play to get the round. The defenders, not just to try to show off like the kids do, which drives me nuts. He did the move to evade the defenders to get the shot off. That's why you do a windmill, not to show off. <laughs> and he did it. He executed it perfectly. It, going in reverse, he got that thing off the glass, and, and it was a beautiful play. And he also got an and one out of it. Did Derek Williams a 28 point night last night against the Chicago Bulls? It was a strong, very strong performance by Derek Williams. He's put up double-doubles, but he's not overall a great rebounder. Uh, at times when he's putting up his longer jump shots, he reminds me of the old-school Robert Ory when he played with the Houston Rockets when he was athletic. He was actually athletic at one point, ladies and gentlemen. Very few people think of Robert Ory as an athletic player, but when, in his really early days of the Houston Rockets, he was a fairly athletic guy who could hit the outside shot, and he could he could uh, re- receive those alley-oops from the Sam Cassells and Kenny Smiths of the world. Kenny, come on, Kenny. <laughs> little Chuck Barkley there, Charles Barkley there. Um, Kenny Smith and Sam Cassell lobbing those, lobbing some dunks up for uh, Robert Ory. And I, I see Derek Williams as like a Robert Ory type, but at the same time, I think he's going to be, yeah, he's going to be a better scorer than Robert Ory, without a doubt. He'll have a bigger role on the team, not just a shooter. He's not clutch like Ory, though. That's the difference. <laughs> he's not clutch like Ory, but he has more offensive skill than Ori. And I really like last night, though. See, I mean, Derek Williams does take the passing lane away from guys. It looks like he's been learning a thing or two from uh, Ricky Rubio. I mean, how Rubio gets his hands in there, knocks the ball loose, and then goes on a break. And Derek Williams did that last night against the Bulls, a 104-297 loss, by the way, in Target Center. But that was a very fun... I mean, that was a fun little game, actually, by the Wolves last night. They didn't play particularly great, but... To see guys like Derek, to see Derek Williams continue to develop as a player, very encouraging sign. Because you you know you didn't really see that earlier in the year. He's he's really becoming a good player. So Kevin Love's injury, in a lot of ways, you know, I mean, you 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 you, 
You try to find a positive, and that's a positive for me. Derek Williams is developing into a, into a starting power forward in this league, in my opinion. So we're going to briefly skim over the month of March here. On Saturday the 2nd, the Minnesota Timberwolves get trounced by the Portland Trailblazers, like always. Hi, Tristan Mayer, <laughs> if you're listening. Rip City bad boys. Yep, obviously Portland, Detroit. You know, yeah, kind of like the 1990 NBA Finals. <laughs> yep, the Wolves lose 109-94 to in Portland. Like always, it's always an ugly game, except for a couple really early in the year. And then the really frustrating loss to the Miami Heat on Monday the 4th. The Wolves defeat the Washington Wizards 87-82 to in a game of, well, in a game of, uh, uh, game of you win, no you win, no you win. <laughs> it was okay, I guess. Then just get absolutely obliterated in Denver, 111-88. That was, yeah, that was the game where Corey Brewer was kicking our butts. Man, it seems like, it doesn't seem like that long ago. Man, that was over two weeks ago already. Sheesh. And then a, just an absolute um, embarrassment. Wolves lose 177 at home against the not-even-playoff-bound Dallas Mavericks. Just crushed. And then Tuesday the 12th, crushed, or no, we, we crushed the San Antonio Spurs. Though, of course, it was a Greg Popovich. They were the Greg Popovich Spurs. We, a lot of us NBA fans know what that means. Yeah, Greg Popovich, uh, yeah, sat down all the players again. <laughs> and the Wolves took advantage of it at 107.83 trouncing. And then you go to Indiana, and the Wolves, do the Wolves ever win in Indiana? Hell no. <laughs> 107.91. We never win there. Same old story. Indiana scorched the Nets. Wolves did a whole lot of nothing. Just scorched the Nets from the outside like they always do. Houston Rockets scorched the Nets as well. 108 to 100 in Houston. Not a bad game, but yeah, it's like same old story. Then the Wolves have an entertaining victory over the New Orleans Hornets on St. Patrick's Day last Sunday. 97-95. Entertaining little win. And then get trounced by Memphis. Another place where the Wolves never win. In Memphis, Tennessee, 92-77. That wasn't very fun. Frustrating loss by the Wolves last Thursday against Sacramento. I mean, I thought they had the I thought they had that game. Couldn't seem to finish it. Wolves destroy a Phoenix Suns team that's virtually done. I'm going to look at the Sacramento game a little bit here before we go to the Phoenix game. <laughs> Ever so briefly. Ah, man. And I'm sorry that I'm just reading off scores, but it's just kind of, just to kind of, yeah, just throw those out there because it's been so long. Just skimming through them. Uh, Sacramento game, it was a kind of a team effort in and out. Not the most exciting thing you ever saw, though. Rubio did manage to get two, uh, three steals, nine assists. Didn't shoot well. The Wolves seem to never shoot well. <laughs> Only 42% from the night. Sacramento shot way better. 53%. Just unbelievable. Wolves shot 5% from three-point range, by the way. One of 19. Yuck. Yes, uh, Sacramento, it's like, when you look at the, on paper, they should have won this game by a lot more than three. That's the funny part. The Wolves kind of made cute little comebacks late. Chase Bunninger, yeah, there you go. There's the story of the decade right there. Chase Bunninger's back. Well, that's nice, but it's like too little too late. That would have been the title of this show if it was me and Marcus. Too little too late. Bunninger's back. Nine points, four rebounds. Kind of nice numbers for his first little game there. Seven and it's 17 and a half minutes. Three of seven from the floor. One of three from downtown, which is what his job is with the Wolves. He hit the only three-pointer in the night. The starters, a combined 0 for 9. Yuck. <laughs> Terrible. 
And the bench was one for ten. <laughs> Great. I just love seeing Brandon Roy's name on these box scores, don't you? Ugh. And of course, Chris Johnson never gets in the games ever anymore. <sighs> Much to guys like Jim Pete's chagrin. <sighs> it's so frustrating. Oh, it's frustrating. Not not a pretty game by the Wolves. Sacramento's not a good team. But in a lot of ways, it's like, well, there's the draft pick. Yeah, let's get that draft pick. Because Sacramento, got, uh, Sacramento, as of that night, their percentage surpassed the Timberwolves, putting the Wolves with about the range for the 6th or 7th pick in the draft. And then a team that might end up with a number one overall pick, the Phoenix Suns. The Wolves travel to the Valley of the Sun, and they torch Phoenix. Yeah, but <laughs> they torch Phoenix. We stay ahead of them in the standings, the Western Conference standings or NBA standings. Phoenix will be fighting for a number one pick, the way things are going here, <laughs> with the Bobcats. Timberwolves, you know, you know nobody greatly stood out. Uh, Kirilenko had a strong game. You could say he was the best player. Kirilenko and Cunningham actually both shot extremely well, over 50%. Pekovic was over 50% as well, but only played 13 minutes in the game. Massive foul trouble. Steamsma also had foul trouble. Kind of funny, but steamy also. With a statistical anomaly, man. He played almost 35 minutes, had a double-double with 14 and 10, and also had three blocks in the game. Unbelievable night for Greg Steemsma. You just never see that out of him. And this is the kind of night where it's like, yeah, Derek Williams. You know, yeah, it's like, yes, as I was saying, he's developing into a starting power forward, but unfortunately he has games like this one right here. He only played 14 and a half minutes, four points, only in a mere 0 of 2 from field goal range and six rebounds. The six rebounds is actually kind of good for that minimal amount of time, believe it or not. But it's like, geez, they just didn't even, he didn't, he wasn't even a factor in the game. And it's mostly because a guy like Cunningham was playing so well. Very strong game by Cunningham. About you know, an 18 and 8 performance for him. 8 of 11 from the floor as well. Just a strong night from Dante Cunningham and Andre Kirilenko, who had a 20-point night. Very strong night for both of those guys. So then there was last night's game against the Chicago Bulls. Oh, goody. It was actually kind of fun to watch. I mean, it wasn't great, but it was fun. You know, it was an okay game to watch. And it was mostly just seeing Derek Williams go out and play ball. That, that was very cool. Williams just plat- played ball last night. Only got five rebounds, which bugs me a little bit. But the two steals he got, taking away the passing lane and going on the break like that. 11 of 18 overall from the floor. Even hit 3 of 5 from 3-point range, including an ugly bank shot at the buzzer in the half. Well, I mean, it wasn't ugly, but it's like, I don't know, was that really by design? Maybe that is kind of something they teach in the league, I guess. It probably is where um, you kind of hoist it high in the air. <laughs> if it's like, you know, at the buzzer like that, you just kind of hoist it high in the air, hope it hits the glass and goes in. I guess that's what happened pretty much with Derek Williams. But a 28-point night, as I mentioned earlier. Just a very strong night with Derrick Williams. And like I mentioned, uh, those those uh, up-and-under type plays, that windmill move, it, it was great. That led to an and one. Absolutely love the way Derrick Williams is developing. And it was the kind of night where you're like, there he is. There's Derrick Williams. Mm-hmm. That's the guy That's the guy that went number two overall, baby. <laughs> oh, Wolves just could not solve the Chicago Bulls, though. In transition. I mean, every time Nate Robinson had the ball, it seemed like the Wolves' uh, big men fell asleep because the guy, because like the Taj, Taj Gibsons of the world 
were receiving lob passes, basically touchdown passes, you could call them, <laughs> from Nate Robinson, who had 10 assists in the game. I mean, Robinson was just bringing the ball up the court, and he made half of his three-pointers in the night. He made over half of his shots from the floor, 9 of 16. And those 10 assists, though, geez. I mean, they, they were getting all these dunks, lob dunks. Carlos Boozer was getting them. Nazir Mohammed even got one at one point. It's just... It was kind of tough. It, it was tough to see a Wolves, a Wolves transition defense be that weak. Just They just fell asleep. The big men could not put a body on the Bulls' big men. Drove me crazy. That's the unfortunate part. That's just how it goes, as they say. That is exactly how it goes, indeed. <laughs> just how the Wolves are. <laughs> uh, yeah, we need better defense down low. We, we, we really do. It doesn't matter who the forwards are anymore. We need better defense down low. And uh, that's another thing David Kahn, that's the reason why he would be on the chopping block potentially going into this summer. And again, don't be surprised if there's a new general manager of the Minnesota Timberwolves next season. <sighs> yes, uh, something I wanted to talk about with Marcus, the forecaster. I might put this into the next show, but also I'll say this briefly, though. Adelman's coaching, especially in that Houston game. I mean, that was one of the keys of the Houston game that I didn't really get into. It's, uh, his rotations are pretty frustrating, but no, in the Houston game, it was, well, no, it was basically like, what, what's going on here? Why are we going one-on-one against James Harden? I mean, even Trent Tucker, Trent Tucker said, I don't understand what the coaching staff is doing here. I mean, I never hear Trent Tucker talk like that, but it's like, I mean, what were they thinking? He actually said it and it's like, whoa, what Trent Tucker's saying that something, something's, something's up here. And uh, that was a major indictment on the, the uh, Hugh Timberwolves coaching staff because there isn't a single shooting guard really on the Timberwolves roster. And you're going one-on-one with James Harden? Well, this is what's going to happen. 37 points, 7 rebounds, 8 assists, 8 of 16 from the floor. 37 points! By the way, the Timberwolves led by 20 in this game at one point. But of course, the third and fourth quarter are what took place here. Yeah, they led by 20 at, at some point in this game. But that third quarter, Houston had 35 points, and they had 34 points in the fourth quarter, and they win by eight. Devastating loss for the Wolves. Um, I should have gotten into this one earlier, but, you know, this is on the, the notes, per se. Uh, he was even called out by Trent Tucker, man. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. And there were even times uh, over the course of this past month where Jim Peterson, even on live TV, Wondered why Adelman wouldn't play Chris Johnson. Why is Chris Johnson not getting any playing time? Nobody seems to understand it. Nobody. So Rick Adelman, definitely not, <laughs> definitely far from perfect as a head coach. And Marcus the Forecaster at one point mentioned, I remember just recently saying, you know, he's a, you know, yeah, he's another D'Antoni. I'm very disappointed. He does have some D'Antoni type of traits. He does. Where he'll kind of stick with certain ideas, certain players, he'll he'll have his guys, and everybody else just rots on the bench forever, which is what D'Antoni did in New York, and he does it in L.A., and guess what, folks, Edelman's doing it in Minnesota. He has certain guys are just flat, not getting on the court that should get on the court, and the Luke Ridnowers of the world, who I know you guys here in Minnesota just love Luke Ridnower again, I don't know what your deal is with that, <laughs> just love Luke Ridnower, oh, oh. He's doing, he's doing everything he's asked. Oh, yeah. I don't think... I, I, I didn't ask Luke Ridenauer to, to throw his hand in at the last second and foul a guy on his way to an easy layup. 
So now he gets an extra free throw added on. It's just stuff like that. Luke Ridenour, shot selection can drive you crazy. It's not as bad as it, as it was his first year here. But, yeah. The guy does things that drive me crazy. He, he really does. At best, he's an off-the-ball type of guard. When he's not, you know, but he, he, he could never guard a shooting guard for his life. So it's kind of like almost just he's a backup point guard who should get, you know, 15 to 20 minutes a game at best, I think. So, I mean, and I know... It's one of those, what What are you going to do? You know, because there is nobody else to play shooting guard or to play the minutes at guard. That's better than Rudenauer right now. So he's going to play 35 minutes. But, you know, it seems like the way David Kahn has drafted and has constructed this team, it's like Lou Rudenauer is going to have to play 35 minutes even with the Loves and Rubios being healthy. Because, well, guess what? You signed a guy with no knees. No freaking knees to hopefully be your shooting guard this year. You invested the shooting guard position in a guy with no knees. He played five games, and that's it. Done. He couldn't jump worth a lick. He couldn't hit a, He couldn't even hit a three-pointer, which is what he like the one thing that he's supposed to be able to do, you would think. But, well, I guess he, just when you have no legs, you can't hit uh, jump shots on a consistent basis. <laughs> so, that's... There, there's so many reasons why Khan should be gone. And... When you when your team is in a position where gosh Luke Ridenour has to play thirty five minutes at point guard and then shooting guard especially shooting guard but point guard shooting guard and all that because there's nobody else there to play the positions and you got Berea playing an incredible amount of minutes as well when he shouldn't because he'll shoot you right out of a game if he gets too big of a too big of a role on this team he should not have a big role on this team he should not he's an energy guy that should play eighteen minutes a game Luke Ridenour. Should play about 18 minutes a game as well. None of this 35 stuff. And then when your team is constructed a certain way, that's just the way it goes. It's unfortunate. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Enough of that. I could go deeper and deeper in that, but it might be a little bit too much ranting. Shved has basically fallen off the face of the earth. That is absolutely true. Vince Germano mentioning that on Twitter as well. Like, boy, he's hit the, rick- the rookie wall. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Oh, man. Mm-mm-mm. It's it's the truth. Shved, uh, he's definitely hit the rookie wall, but as mentioned earlier, hopefully a good, solid offseason can get him ready to rock and roll and take that next step next, next season. That's the hope. Starting shooting guard of the future, I would not invest. I would not invest in that. No. If he becomes that, great. But I would look in other areas as well. You can't put all the eggs in one basket. Not in, not in a guy like Shred. You cannot do that. He could be the most talented. You could think of him as the most talented guy ever. He's the next Tony coach and all that stuff. But uh, let's let's see it first. You know, you you just you. <laughs> I'm sick and tired of Luke Ridenour playing 35 minutes a game. Sick of it. 20 minutes or even 30 minutes a game. I'm I I can't deal with it anymore. So two things I I liked. Two things disliked. Weekly. Well, not weekly, recent, you know, since the last month or so, awards and demerits, we'll say. But two things I liked with the Timberwolves over the course of this time. Again, the continued development of Derek Williams. I've really, really enjoyed. I mean, I'm glad to see Shved and Kirilenko back. That's just kind of a brief little thing in there. <laughs> but no, the continued development of Derek Williams. Would like to see some more consistency out of him. But I've enjoyed that. Two things, um, but uh, one other thing that I liked as well. Ricky Rubio continuing to be fantastic, showing more and more signs of that he is legitimately a franchise type of player to go with Kevin Love. He's like another 
franchise player to go with Kevin Love now. I think it's plain as day that that's exactly who he is. And I can't wait to see a fully healthy Rubio and Ridenauer, a Rubio and Ridenauer, Rubio and Love together, Love and Rubio out there on the court again. I think the Timberwolves definitely have playoff, have, have a lot of playoff potential going into next season if they could please, please, please stay healthy. So two things I disliked over the course of time. Obviously, the decisions to go one-on-one with the Kobe Bryants and James Hardens with the likes of Luke Ridenauer, Berea, Shved. I mean, what are you doing? What are you doing, coach? Come on, Adelman. What are you doing? Come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. <laughs> no, that is... That, I mean, what, what's going on here? You're one of the, you're supposed to be one of the best coaches in the league. You're 65 years old. You've coached for 20-plus years, and you're going one-on-one with these guys. Are you trying to get David Kahn fired? I, I, maybe he's just trying to sabotage things to show to show the owner, like, look at this. This is what this SOB gave me. <laughs> that might be the only explanation I can come up with. I mean, honestly, that might be. He's just trying to sabotage. Look at this guy gave me. Hey, Taylor, Taylor, this is what this is what David Kahn gave me. This is what you're going to get. That could be what Rick Elman's saying behind the scenes. <laughs> Excuse me, that, that, that made me cough imitating the guy. Whew. That guy's got a pretty raspy voice, doesn't he? <laughs> oh. Another thing I disliked, yeah, I mean, you know, inconsistencies of the entire damn team. You know, like one night they look strong, they look like, oh, these guys can play a little bit, and the next night they just vanish off the face of the earth, including Derek Williams. Uh, Rubio's the only consistent member of this team. But uh, overall, yeah, the one-on-one stuff is driving me crazy, but also the lack of playing time for guys like Chris Johnson. Uh, it's kind of sad to see, you know, when you need a shooting guard type player out there to see Jello Ball not even see the light of day now. The guy doesn't even play. What's going on? And to see guys like the infamous three-point guard lineup, which I think everybody hates, Berea, Ridnour and Shred all at the same time. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? So that's something I dislike very much. Weekly, or not weekly, but <laughs> since last show, uh, awards and demerits. Lone Wolf Award, well, it's going to be Ricky Rubio probably the rest of the year, the way things are going. He easily outplayed everybody. Well, actually, Derek Williams had good games, but Rubio's the better one out of the group. Been very, very happy with... <laughs> With Monsieur Rubio, the the weekly demerit though, or weekly or last since last show, I'm going crazy with that because I like to be weekly. But uh, the demerit, the Johnny Flynn Memorial. There we go. Thing <laughs> almost forgot that. It's Rick Adelman. Yeah, it's Rick Adelman, or or is it David Kahn? Yeah, it's Adelman and Kahn <laughs> because of this one-on-one nonsense and what Adelman is given from David Kahn to put guys one-on-one on the Kobe Bryants and James Hardens. I'm giving it to both of them. Congratulations, co-Johnny Flynn Memorial to Adelman and Khan. Yeah. I think Adelman's a better coach than Khan's a GM. But, I don't know. Again, maybe maybe my uh, little conspiracy theory, uh, maybe, uh, maybe it has legs. <laughs> that uh, that uh, Adelman's actually sabotaging things to say, hey, look, look, owner, Look at this! Look at this retard you have running the team. <laughs> that might be what he's trying to say. Who knows? Whew, well, this has been the mini sode. Wow, it's still almost cleared an hour. Can you believe it? But it's going to be under an hour. Hey, it's going to be under an hour. <laughs> Joey Wyngen solo. Timberwolves explosion. Paladino Joey solo. 
episode number 97. For the first time in about 14 months, a solo Timberwolves explosion. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it, excuse me. I did. I I did. I, I did enjoy doing this. It was kind of more fun than I thought. It's been a while. It's like I can speak freely now. Uh-huh. Who needs Marcus when I can speak freely? No, I want Marcus back. But yeah, you'll probably get a taste of some solo Timberwolves explosion at times. Mini-sode! A 55-minute mini-sode, or 54-minute. <laughs> That's a big mini-sode. But, hey... There was too much to cover. Too much to cover, folks. So that's why this Minnesota is a big one. It's a big Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota 2.0, we'll call it, since it's not uh, uh, courtside. <laughs> this is not courtside property. Timberwolves Explosion is not, even though we're very good friends of them as well. Thank you again for that. Do appreciate it always. Timberwolves Explosion is available on the sportsstuff.com, as mentioned before. Wonderful website. Do check it out. Check out the courtside, or excuse me, the courtside, the crossover, the NBA crossover podcast that is also on that website. New York Knicks, Brooklyn Nets, Rusty and PMAC. Awesome show on that website. Worth a listen without a doubt. Another great show done by two Australians as well. I'm sure a lot of you have heard of them before. They're, they're you know, there's a reason why you've heard of them because they're damn good. <laughs> they really are. Yep, and believe the hype. We got it like that as well with Tom Reed, Benyam Kadim as well. Like that show. Do give that a listen. Mention Rip City Bad Boys. Yep. <laughs> give all those guys a listen. They're more than worth it. Twitter.com forward slash Wolves Explosion or at Wolves Explosion. Hey, and give Marcus a follow at Forecaster TE. Yes, sir. And of course, the Facebook page. Go on Facebook, type in Tim Wolves Explosion. And the one that says company, not group. Click like. Get on there and post. Thank you again so much. Very nice to meet you from New Zealand this week. Very, very much to meet you today. Very appreciate it. Very much appreciate it. You were, uh, hope hope you keep listening. <laughs> and I hope you guys didn't mind the solo show. Hey, comment about it on the, on the page if you could. All right, we'll be back sooner rather than later this time. Probably, hopefully, with the likes of Vince Germano and maybe the forecaster as well. <laughs> <laughs>